to the Digital Dive, a conversational podcast all about technology. My name is Jacqueline. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by the incredibly talented Darsh Kathani. Yes, ma'am. Hello, 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 everyone. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are enjoying the last week of November. It is almost the end of the year. It is crazy, honestly, to think how fast this year has gone by. It, it really is. I posted on Twitter. If we get out, and I think it's going to be longer than this, but if quarantine ends in, like, March, like, let's say that, like, the vaccine distributes and a lot of people get it, it will almost be, like, a redo on the year. If it goes until March and then yeah. everyone's just, like, out and it's normal, it will almost be, like, this year, like, didn't happen in a weird way for a lot of us. Yeah, no, literally, it'd be like we're picking up where we left off at the beginning of 2020. I don't have much faith that Canada will be, or at least Ontario, where I am, will be back to normal until... I'd probably say September of next year, but... Wow. Is it because of the vaccine quantity you guys have? Yeah. So we don't actually have any production of the vaccine being done in Ontario or in Canada itself. So we're relying on allies to be sending it in across from across the world. So we're very much very dependent on everyone else's production. So mm. assuming we can get produced vaccines, I, apparently we're going to get, I think it was 5 million by the first in the first three months of... 2021 how many people live in ontario ontario i think it's like 10 million i like to say uh, okay. Um, but then okay. all of canada is like 30 something mm-hmm. so like we still have like a long ways to go but like from what everything from what everyone's been saying i think by september we'll be in pretty good shape yeah i hope that the world just goes completely back to normal i know there's been some people speculating and being like oh like we'll never be back to normal i really hope that that does not happen that would be incredibly disappointing honestly yeah it's thanksgiving on the day that we're recording this which is kind of just funny because when the pandemic was starting kind of funny in a sad way but when the pandemic was starting i remember like when people had like quarantine birthdays it was like oh like that sucks and we felt bad for them like literally all of our major holidays and like birthdays and stuff are going to be in quarantine yeah literally 2020 is going to be one, I guess, just busy and messy year, but I'm excited for 2021. I think it's going to be a really good year, and I'm excited to see what the podcast brings for the year to come. Yeah, I mean, this is episode 20. Like, Yeah, that's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, like episode 21, we're going to hopefully be back with the video stuff, but when you think about what we've done in 20 episodes... It's kind of unreal. Like we've had so many incredible guests on. We've talked about so many different topics, like a really diverse group of topics. We've evolved a lot in our conversational skills. And like you and I have consistently talked nearly every single week for the last 20 episodes. That in itself is incredible because before the podcast started, so 2019 and before, you and I were like, we we'd talk every now and then, like we just catch up with one another. And then we just always congratulate each other for the big milestones. But then like now we're literally talking week by week before we started the podcast, we were talking about stuff going on in our lives that like we don't necessarily talk about with anyone. It's kind of like, it's cool. It's very interesting to, yeah. like it's, it's like a cool, it's a cool way to build a friendship even further than it already was. And like kind of, I guess, reestablish that friendship as well. So I, I'm actually very happy with the podcast. I think it's going well. And everyone listening, tweet us if you guys like what we're doing and you guys want to see specific things in the podcast definitely let us know we always take your suggestions into account literally 10 minutes before we started we asked if anyone wanted to ask any questions for this week's episode and we're literally just gonna if there's enough questions or we get questions at all we'll probably end up talking about them yeah and answering them there definitely will be a little q a section after the break in this podcast because we did get a lot of questions both on twitter and in the discord for ndt so i'll just briefly mention that and then we'll hop into a look at like mkb issues camera test but For anyone that doesn't know, I started a Discord for Nothing But Tech, and I am stoked about it. I haven't posted it on YouTube. I literally just posted it one time on Twitter, one time on Instagram, and there are already 200 active members, which is incredible. So thank you so much if you've already joined. The reason I created this Discord is to kind of create a community for us. I know that a lot of people like Darsh and I have felt this way. When you're interested in tech, it feels like a lot of your friends aren't. Yeah. And one of the 
main reasons why YouTube has been so incredible is like Darsh and I are really good friends. And of course we talk about things outside of tech, but we share this common interest and it's been really nice to relate to someone in that way. And I want to give other people that as well. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in tech, the discord is set up that we have one main channel to talk about like tech and life. Then there's another channel to talk about hidden references. So like some people refer to these as Easter eggs, like things that I do in my videos that hint towards a future product or give a nod towards something that I'm obsessed with or like or a past project. And people are already finding a lot of them, which has been, I think the most exciting thing for me. It's been kind of crazy. And then we have a recommendations channel where basically you can recommend like your favorite book, your favorite song, et cetera. So it's kind of just like already become this really active community. And in that Discord, Darshai asked, does anyone have any questions for us? And there are quite a few. So it's also kind of cool to see that a lot of people in that Discord also listen to the podcast. Honestly, I might have to just join the Discord. I honestly think it seems so cool and seems so great to have a community like that around you at all times. Yeah, and they're active. Yeah, like that would be really, really cool. Like immediately after the drop of a new phone, new product, new anything, that'd be really, really cool to, I guess, see and communicate with other people and see how they're interacting with or understanding or perceiving what's been released or what's been announced. Yeah, I mean, it also like there's a channel in there that will automatically like post when I upload a new video oh that's sick right dude and it's been awesome to like see people give feedback or be like oh like I really liked when you did this or I don't know it's just like really cool to have a community of people that like I'm almost like their mutual friend you know what I mean it's like if you went to a party with someone and like they introduced you to like their friend Mm -hmm. that's kind of like what I'm doing in a way like they all know me from like the YouTube channel and like we're like friends or like we're in like a relationship with the viewers that watch my videos like they support me and then I'm able to introduce them to other people that support me and we all like this common interest so it's it's going really well the response has been awesome that's incredible and I'm really happy about it I'm excited also like since we're all interested in tech we'll all talk about things that aren't just like nothing but tech you know so one of the things that we were talking about was the Marquez camera comparison Mm -hmm. and that camera comparison is kind of crazy I think we should just talk about it because for anyone that doesn't know Marquez for the last few years has done this ultimate camera smartphone showdown and basically he'll take the same photo on a bunch of different phones and kind of in like a March Madness manner the bracket will slowly get smaller and smaller until we reach like this people's choice winner. Mm -hmm. And on the day that we're recording this, we don't know what phone took the winning photo. So I think let's talk a little bit about how it goes and like what we thought. And then I think we should give a prediction on which phone we think is going to win. Mm -hmm. Because I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, 100%. I think one of the cool things about this entire, I guess, like bracket or March Madness type photo breakdown is really cool to see how essentially he's taken the same picture so many times and some of the phones you literally can't tell a difference between the pictures yeah it's really close i was doing it on instagram and i'd see a 49 51 split between two pictures and i'm like wow some other ones are like 80 percent to 20 and so it's interesting to see there's a lot of phones that came out this year that actually surprisingly enough they ended up overlapping or looking very very similar in their image processing and image power so it'd be really cool to see who actually ends up winning But I think one of the things that Marquez did was I think he threw in a lot of budget phones as well. He literally said, he's like, I'm doing, he's like a budget, cheap phones, plus flagships and everything. He's like, I'm just going to put all the cameras together because we never know. And I think that's actually a really cool way to do it. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And I think that's why you see some of these stark differences in between like some are blowouts and others aren't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's because for some of them, they are like a $200 phone versus a $1,000 phone. And for others, it's a much closer thing. And I also wouldn't be surprised if he like put the iPhone 12 versus a 12 Pro or like it's a very similar sensor, but there's some small differences in having the lighter sensor. But to quickly break down, the final photo is between photo or phone H and phone K. Looking at this briefly, the main things that I noticed, the pixel tends to go to a bluer hue. And I'm assuming that in this photo comparison, there's probably going to be pixel, iPhone, Samsung Note, Samsung S devices, 
and then probably like a Huawei phone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Last year, the iPhones and the Pixels didn't do as well as I thought they were going to. I'm pretty sure that Huawei won his last one. I don't know, man. Do you think that either of these photos is taken on an iPhone or a Pixel? Honestly, I don't know. Okay, so let me just, I'm pulling up H, H and K. It, it, they look so similar. Really? Look at the look at the background. Here's the thing. Like a lot of people like the bokeh that comes from pictures, and bokeh is essentially the shallow depth of field or the blurry background effect when you get when you use portrait mode. And I think one of the things that a lot of people look for when they define like a good camera is getting that bokeh. But I wouldn't. I would argue to say that, that wouldn't always justify the better picture. Okay, I think that the big difference though aside from bokeh, is color tone. The color tone is quite different. Yeah, K, the saturation is insane in comparison. It's a lot more saturated. And look at H. Like, H also has a much more blue hue. For anyone that, like, hasn't seen these photos, we'll leave them in the show notes. But that's why my gut says, I feel like pixels, if the, if there's a pixel in play here, I think that H would be the pixel because the pixels tend to go to that bluer hue. That feels like a pixel photo to me. I don't know why. So for me, I feel like H would be the iPhone 12. Or 12 Pro, sorry. Interesting. Um, and I feel like K would be the Note 20. Or Note 20 Ultra, sorry. I could see K being a phone from Asia. Either the Note 20 or a Huawei phone. The thing with Huawei, and I think um, Mr. Boss mentioned this in his video, is that it doesn't take like a consistent photo. So like on the iPhone, like you know that if you take a photo of someone, like they're going to have like a peachy, orangey skin tone. Mm-hmm. It's maybe going to be like a flattering picture. Like there are certain characteristics where it looks like an iPhone. And there are certain characteristics where a pixel looks like a pixel. The Huawei phones are much more unpredictable. Like there isn't a color profile that's consistent. So it's harder to say if one of these is a Huawei one. But I feel like Huawei has done really well in the past that I wouldn't be surprised. I'm looking also at the other photos that were in the previous one. Mm -hmm. If you look at photo K for the camera, if you pull that one up. Yeah. When I look at that, it also has a blue tone. That blue is consistent throughout. And it was against O, which actually like, it's a tough call. If you look closely at the image K, the focus, it's a lot more focused on the front of the lens. And then the back of the lens is more out of focus. Whereas on image O, the front of the lens and the back of the camera are more in focus. So it looks like this is definitely depth effect mode which leads me to believe that you could be right that it's the iphone and it's using the lighter sensor also i don't know what it is about it iphone pictures i feel like aren't super contrasty they don't have i guess like that crisp that comes from con from like an ex- extended amount of contrast and they always do really well when it comes to the highlights and the shadows like they make sure that it's not overly overcomposed by any means and they always make sure that it's like i don't know i always feel like apple comes up with pretty flat somewhat pictures from their phones mm-hmm, in comparison mm-hmm. to everyone else yeah and that's why i feel like the like k looks the most like an iphone camera wait wait sorry let's just let's just go back here i think you said initially that h was a iphone and that k was the note are you switching it right now oh wait a minute wait a wait a wait a wait a minute oh my goodness these are two very very different pictures wait what so that's the thing i mix it up so i thought h so i thought h in the pumpkin picture okay I think that's the iPhone. But then when I look at the K and the O picture with the cameras, the K picture looks somewhat more like an iPhone picture than it does look like anything else. Uh, than it does look like a Samsung phone because it's not overly saturated. I would still say it looks like a Samsung phone because if you look at the sky in the background, it's like kind of doled out and Samsung really tries to get good dynamic range and make everything proper exposure. Yeah, I think you could be right. I think the H could definitely be a Samsung phone. Maybe I'm completely wrong with this. Wait. Dude, no, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I think H is the Pixel Sorry, or the I'm, iPhone. I am complete. Okay, if no one's realized this yet, I am very tired today. Uh, like absolutely <laughs> unequivocally exhausted. I literally haven't, sp- I haven't done anything all day. I straight up slept until one, got out of bed, made breakfast, made coffee, and I'm still absolutely exhausted. I might have to make a cold brew just because I know that the concentration 
of caffeine in it is a lot higher, and I hope that it will actually help me wake up. Yeah, dude, during the break, you're actually going to have to go get a cold brew. <laughs> I'm actually going to make a cold brew. I bought the Samson. Samson? Why do I keep saying Samson? I bought the Starbucks one. Oh, no way. Did you try it? Oh, yeah. Dude, we promised everyone a live taste test, so you're going to have to go get it. Yeah, I'll do that after the break. I bought the concentrate, not the actual one. Okay. Because that's the only one they had on Amazon, and I bought the concentrate. And it, I had, I already had one of it. I don't like it black. This one doesn't taste good black. Ugh, that's a bummer. It might be because it's concentrate, but with the milk, I feel like it, it turns out quite well. I will definitely go grab it. Can you not get the one that I sent you, like the bottled brew? The bottled brew, I can get a big one. If I go to the grocery store and pick it up, but the grocery store, I've I can't. Been shopping. They don't ship to you. They don't ship it. No, no, no. It's not on Amazon. Amazon doesn't. The, Amazon rarely keeps food in Canada on their site. Interesting. Yeah, because they like I've literally. This is a little bit of a tangent, and then we'll get back to this. But I literally have been sending my friends cold brew, like just surprise sending it to them because I talk about it all the time, and like they don't they don't understand. So. I literally like sent a case to one of my really close friends last week and now they're addicted to it and their family's addicted to it as well because they brought some home. Here's the thing with cold brew. I think it's great and I think it's honestly one of the one of my favorite types of coffees to have, but I hate the fact that it's actually not as accessible as I'd like it to be in Ontario. Mm-hmm. In Canada, like where I am at least, like I can't find cold brew. I tweeted out about this, like one of my favorite brands for coffee without a doubt is Kicking Horse. I buy their their espresso beans every single, like every couple of weeks just to refill my stock so I can make my espresso. Even when I was doing French press uh, or drip coffee at home, I was also buying Kicking Horse. I just, I love their beans and they're ethically sourced and they're just really, really flavorful. Like I feel there's a lot behind them. And when it comes to this, like I was really mad because I couldn't find their cold brew cans. Like they have cans of cold brew that they sell and I couldn't find them anywhere. Interesting. And if I want to go find it, I have to go to like a shopper's, I think. I think it's a solid two kilometers away from me or like one and something miles. And I don't have a car, so I'm like, I'm not going. Yeah. Oh, that kind of, that's weird. I guess I'm not really that surprised because I feel like it's not really that like prominent everywhere in America unless like you're in like a city or something. Like I often get cold brew at home, but that's like really, really far into the future. But one of the things that I want to do as a brand is eventually create like a nothing but tech coffee, like a cold brew. And I feel like it'd be like so cool if it was like in a like bottle and just like easy to make. Cause I think a lot of times with cold brew, like it's a concentrate and then you have to like mix it yourself. And I feel like it never comes out as good as when it's like already pre-made with like the correct amount and then you could just like pour it over ice and put some milk in. Yeah, that's another thing too. I don't have an ice maker in my apartment. So I just You like, not drink coffee with ice in it? Well, I mean, I mostly drink hot coffee. Oh my gosh. I don't know how we're friends. Oh my God. Okay, so actually I saw this. Okay, this this slight, slight more tangent onto coffee. I saw this thing on TikTok and I thought it was absolutely insane. I feel like you'd absolutely love it. It's called a hyper chiller. Have you seen it? No, I have not. So basically it's like this cup that you that you fill the rim or like the outer part with, with water and you put it in the freezer. And you let it sit there for like 24 hours. And then after it's like fully frozen, the way it works is you put water inside or you say you put any drink inside, shake it around for like 60 seconds and it becomes like a, like a cold drink. Wait, I think I have this and I use it all the time. That is so funny. I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah, that's so funny because I sometimes drink hot coffee espresso for example mm-hmm. but i don't like it hot so i end up always like putting it in the ch- that's so funny that you saw that on tiktok i love it yeah no i don't know if it's that exact one but i have something exactly like it no i, I think i think it's, it's very similar like it, it definitely makes sense i was talking to my parents they're like okay like what, what would you want us to get you for christmas and i was like thinking about a list and like i remember this right now i'm like i'm gonna message them literally after this episode and be like yeah this is what i want for christmas pick this up for me that's all i want all right the last thing i'm going to say before we get back to this photos luke does not like coffee. Yes. Oh my goodness. So this guy listens to our podcast every single week. And yet for some reason, he does not like coffee or caffeine in any regard. I asked him if he, t- if he had energy drinks. He's never had an energy drink. He's never had any coffee. I don't understand it. I, I, I respect it. I respect it immensely. He's not addicted to caffeine, but I don't understand how he does not like coffee. Like 
genuinely does not like coffee. No, exactly. It's so confusing. And I think it's really, really interesting too, talking to him at like three or four in the morning and he's responding fully aware of what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. That said, we should dive back into this. Okay, let's make final predictions and then we'll talk a little bit more about some things for 2020. And then I think that we should take a quick break, get yourself a cold brew, and then we'll come back. But my final predictions, I'm going to say, I think that H is either the Pixel 5 or the iPhone. And my gut says Pixel 5. And I, I bet I'm going to be incredibly wrong. Even though I do a ton of these camera comparisons, I just, it's really hard because I don't know like the contenders. But it seems like 65% of people as of the time that we're recording this preferred H. So my gut says that H is Pixel 5 or iPhone. And then I think that K is either a Huawei phone or a Samsung phone. And if it's a Samsung phone, I think it's like a budget phone, like the A51 type deal. Okay, so here's my final guess. I think H is the iPhone 12 Pro. I think K is the Note 20 Ultra. We'll have to see. I think maybe by the time this episode goes live, it may already be live. If it is, we'll put it in the show notes. Marquez, if you're listening to this and you want to let us know early, odds are the answers will be out by then. (laughs) But if you are listening to this and you want to let us know early what the results were, please do tell us because I am very, very curious. Yeah, I am stoked to see this. This is like one of my favorite videos that comes out in the entire year. And he does it like so methodically. Oh yeah, no, it's like the Oscars. Yeah, legit though. It's like the Oscars every year. Like the way that he does all the different awards, it's like the Oscars. And then he actually has awards to give out too. He sends them to the companies, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the smartphone ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's unreal. I mean, that that video, the smartphone video, and then the camera video are like my two favorite tech videos that go up the entire year. Okay, wait. So with that all being said, I think that's a perfect switch. So best smartphones of 2020. So he's also gonna be doing that, like that entire breakdown of awards. So let's talk about what we think some of the best smartphones of 2020 are in, I guess like a decent couple of categories, just general, general best smartphones, general best budget smartphones. Yeah, this is a little preview for an episode that we're gonna have in December. We're gonna take a two week break to give Luke some t- much needed time off. Our last episode that's going to go up in December before we restart in January is going to be a best of. So we're literally going to break down like our favorite phones, tablets, videos, any announcements, like all the best of for 2020. But we wanted to give a little precursor here and do best smartphones in this episode because we've gotten all of our major smartphone releases now. We are waiting on the iPhones. I think that it'd be kind of cool, Darsh, to do kind of like what Marquez does, but in a really condensed form of best flagship, best budget, best mini, like best compact phone. And then overall. Yeah, I think that'd actually be a lot of fun. All right, do you want to start us off? Okay. Let's do the best uh, compact first. I think that's an easy category. Okay, best compact. Okay, like I'm a bit biased. I'm a very, I'm very much an iPhone user, so I'm a bit biased about this. I also haven't tested out a ton of phones this year, sadly. I would actually give best compact phone. I know it's not fully compact, but the TCL 10 Pro. Oh, dude, I thought you were gonna go with the iPhone Mini the way you just set that up, but you, you got us, man. No, no, like, so I was gonna say, like, I'd put it, I'd put it at a tie with the iPhone 12 Mini. I haven't used, I haven't used the iPhone 12 Mini, but I've used the TCL 10 Pro, and it's absolutely fantastic, and it's tiny. It reminds me of like an iPhone 6 type thing. It's like very much a smaller form factor. And that's also what the iPhone 12 mini fits. So I feel like that, that, that's a really interesting form factor. And I think that those two are probably my biggest contenders. Plus they're both actually budget in comparison to everything else on the market. Yeah, those two phones, I tested out the TCL one as well. I never actually made a full video on it, but I did test it. They're kind of like changing what it means to be compact. Like compact used to be like the iPhone SE. And now I feel like compact is like iPhone mini. But if I had to pick like best compact phone, I think it would be iPhone 12 mini tied with the Pixel 4a because Ooh, yeah. Pixel 4a is just such a good value phone. Like they got so many things right with that phone. I'm, I'm literally looking at it right now as I record. Like it fits perfectly in the hand. There's something so comfortable about the design. Google's Pixel 4a and Pixel 5 have a really nice finish. It makes you feel like you're at home with it. Screen is a good size. It's a good quality. There aren't really thick bezels, which I'm glad that there aren't either on the iPhone 
12 mini. And the other thing is it has a really incredible camera. Mm -hmm. And so does the iPhone 12 mini. But I think that those two phones have a better camera setup than the TCL Pro. I think because the Pixel and the iPhone really focused on having an excellent camera and Google and Apple are in a position where they don't have to necessarily make a huge profit on either phone because they're just trying to get people into their ecosystem and get them on their software. And we talked a lot about this in the last episode, Mm kind of like that service-based business model and like the MagSafe-based business model. So because of that, Google and Apple have an advantage of putting in a great camera. So for me, if I had to, Luke, maybe add some sound effects here to really amp this up. If I had to pick best compact Drum phone, roll, please. <laughs> I would pick the Pixel 4a or the iPhone 12 mini, depending on which ecosystem you want to be in. Yeah, I definitely would have said Pixel 4a. My big issue with it is just like build quality. I feel like the TCL 10 Pro is built like a tank. And for me, I don't really value a camera on my phone as much as I value its build quality and the way it feels. But that's also because if I want to go take pictures, I usually bring my camera with my, my big camera with me. So for the most part, I feel like I don't look as much at cameras. So my personal opinion would be probably the TCL 10 Pro. But that's, again, that's just my opinion. If you guys actually have any suggestions for what you think would be the best compact phone of the year, tweet us. Literally tweet us. Tweet us. Follow us on Instagram. Message us. Something like that. Anything. Yeah. It would kind of like be cool actually to, as this episode goes up, make some graphics to like after the episode, like a day or two down the line, like put up like our favorite compact phone of the year, our favorite and like have it be a tweet and then you guys can respond to it and let us know. So we'll try to make something like that happen if we can. Yeah, 100%. For compact, that's kind of my deal. I think that the next category up is budget and there's been so many budget phones this year and kind of like the compact and the budget phones have overlapped in a lot of ways. So if you had to pick your favorite budget phone of the year, if you've tested it, great. But even if you haven't, like just like looking at the market, what would you say is your favorite budget phone of the year? Pixel 4a or iPhone SE 2. No hesitation there. No so hesitation. Straight up. The SE, like I was already thinking Pixel, Pixel 4a for my favorite budget, but then I also remember the SE 2 and I remember testing it during quarantine and it was absolutely so nostalgic, but it was so powerful. The phone itself is so, so powerful and it can do so, so much, but it also has a data design and it's just not as like, not as intuitive as like the newer iPhones are. So I'd say if you're going for an iPhone, like the SE2 is honestly one of the best budget iPhones or best budget phones you can pick up on the market right now, in my opinion. But then the Pixel 4a just like brings everything that's good in Android, plus good battery life, but good camera, good overall OS. Like you're not getting any bloatware, you're not getting like... TouchWiz, I guess not TouchWiz, whatever it's called now. Their new skin, I think it's One UI. One UI, yeah. Like, I don't like the skins. I like really just pure, unadulterated Android. I feel like it. the playfulness behind Android stays in stock Android versus using One UI or LG's UX, anything like that. Yeah, I almost picked iPhone SE 2 for best compact, but I feel like value for money, the 12 mini is a little bit more value for money in comparison to the SE 2, but SE 2 is like a runner up for the most compact. For budget category, I tested out so many budget phones this year. I tested out the OnePlus Nord, the Pixel 4a, the A51 by Samsung, the SE 2, the 12 mini, the A20. I literally tested out countless phones and this is a really tough category. I think like this one is not really clear cut because oftentimes with budget phones, you have to specialize in a certain thing and then all the rest of the features are kind of mediocre. Like you can pick this really specialize in the camera and then everything else kind of falls to the wayside. With the SE2, they really focused on performance and longevity and less on like a great screen. So an overall winner for compact in my OnePlus Nord video, the video is literally titled the OnePlus Nord is confusing because That was the main thing with it. I was like, it doesn't specialize on anything. It's pretty good at everything, but not great at anything. So if you just want a phone that's pretty good at everything, then the OnePlus Nord is my call. But if you want the best camera quality in a budget price, I think Pixel 4a by far. Oh, 100%. I think the Pixel 4a is just an absolute 
beast of a phone. Honestly, this year was a great year for budget phones because I feel a lot of companies have kind of started looking at phones as a way to, a lot of people, a lot of people need phones. Everyone needs a phone, I feel, and a smartphone, no less. And in 2020, especially, I feel like a lot of companies realize that their phones have become overly expensive to a point where it's almost unaffordable for so many that the budget phone lineup is just as important as the flagships. I 100% agree. And like, because the business model is changing to the service-based business model for a lot of companies, having a budget phone to get people into your ecosystem and then sell them on services and sell them on other products like the Apple Watch or things like that, it makes sense for these companies. And there's so much competition in this budget market that the Mm -hmm. phones just keep getting better and better, which makes sense because the flagship phones are getting more and more expensive. And flagship phones this year, I don't know, there was a lot of really good ones, but a lot of people I think were disappointed with like the regular rectangle type phone. Like this generation over last year wasn't necessarily like vast, right? Like it was better camera, higher refresh rate. But I think that a lot of times people are too focused on the incremental. Most people don't update every year. So if you're coming from a phone from two generations ago to a phone from now, that is a pretty big difference. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are some pretty good flagship options. So let's do favorite flagship. And then the last two categories we'll do before we take a break are all around best for your money, best value, best phone overall, and then most interesting, which is personally the category I'm most excited to talk about. Same here. Okay, overall flagship right? So this is the flagship one, flagship category? Yes. Let's do flagship. I think my favorite flagship of this year has to be the Note 20 Ultra. Okay. Why? So, okay. So I've always been a huge fan of the Note lineup and I've also been a huge fan of Samsung's integration with the S Pen. And every year, whenever I use a Note phone, I haven't used the Note 20 Ultra. Um, Samsung, if you're listening to this, I've been waiting on a unit for quite some time. (laughs) Um, But basically the Note 20 Ultra, I feel like the design of the entire thing looks so clean. The Build of it is fantastic. The screen is beautiful. Cameras, amazing. And the overall integration with the S Pen just make it so much more, I guess, more just feature-packed. Some of them are really gimmicky, don't get me wrong, but having the idea of being able to just pull out a pen real quick and just jotting something down, personally, I've gotten really into just like taking notes and writing about my day and everything like that into a notebook. And I feel like that for me is fantastic. And I feel like that's one of the phones that I think was probably one of the best flagships this year. If I had to choose just one, I'd probably go that route. Great point. I love that phone in a lot of ways. Best flagship is so tough. I'm going to do a cop out a little bit. I'm going to give you my favorite iOS and Android because uh, like, I don't want to pick an ecosystem here. I think it's really difficult because that Apple phone this year, the 12 Pro and the 12 are so similar, but there is a price difference. So it's really hard. But if we're just mm-hmm. going flagship, right? Like we're not thinking about price. I think 12 Pro my opinion, is the best flagship on the Apple side. I know a lot of people would say, oh, like get the 12 Pro Max. That's just a waste of money. I think we saw that the camera differences aren't immense. As much as we thought they were going to be, I don't think that they're like huge differences. So my gut feeling is get the 12 Pro if you want that size. Of course, if you want like the bigger size and get the 12 Pro Max. On the Android side of things, my favorite flagship this year, so tough. I think I would also go Note 20 Ultra because I think that even though it's really expensive, if we're just like looking at flagship, then we're just looking at, provides the most features. And I think that the Note 20 Ultra does, which naturally leads into the next category, which is all around, because in this category, we have to take a little bit more into consideration the price as well. Mm-hmm. So all around, not budget, like we're not looking for budget, but we're just looking for a phone that like you would recommend someone buy. Like they'll really enjoy it. They'll get a lot of like premium features, but all around like being price conscious. So my opinion on this is actually kind of, it's interesting. So I would go Pixel 5 
for my favorite Android phone all around. Okay. Because I feel like it's the same as the iPhone in the sense like it's bringing in features that the general consumer will end up using, but it's not bringing in like the extra stuff that the pro users need. And then I would go iPhone 12 mini because I feel like for bang for buck plus features plus portability plus power plus like just features like everything, it has everything you need. Plus it's also really, really good when it comes to pricing. And honestly, I kind of like the small phone, the small form factor. That's a great one. I just reviewed the Pixel 5 actually. So maybe it's bias of it just being really recent, but I would also go Pixel 5. I think that it provides a lot of flagshipable features for a not so flagshipable price. There are some flaws with it, but overall it's a really great phone. And then on the iPhone side of things, I would go iPhone 12 because I think that that one is like the most value for your money where you're getting like a decent sized screen. You're getting most of the camera features that you want, a really good build, longevity in the ecosystem. I don't know. I feel like you'd be pretty happy if you ended up buying it. So those are my two for all around. Again, we're going to try to create some graphics and post this on Twitter the following day. So that would be like Tuesday. So be sure to follow us there so you can respond with your favorite phones. Mm -hmm. And then let's do most interesting because this is a really heated category this year, like really heated. Yeah. Do you want to go first in this one? I have to think a little bit. Sure. I'll just briefly explain when Darsh and I are saying most interesting, like we're thinking of like a phone that like isn't necessarily the most practical to buy, isn't necessarily the phone that you would get for your grandma, but is very much the phone that like when you see it, you're like, wow, that's incredible. They were able to do that. And for me, the clear winner is Z Fold 2. Just reviewed that phone. There's so many things that they really got right with that phone. And there are so few things that they got wrong with it. The things that they got wrong, of course, prevent you from buying it this year. But it means like generation three, generation four, I think it's going to be a really mainstream phone. Like if they can get the price down and they can improve upon durability even further, it's a really, really interesting phone and a really, really unique form factor. And that phone like blew me away in a lot of ways this year. If you really think about like what where we're at like five years ago to now, that's like the most interesting phone in my opinion. I think that's definitely fair. I would probably go either Z Fold 2 or LG Wing. I can't, I can't debate. See, the thing is like, I like the LG Wing just because I feel like it's such an interesting phone that you'd never really see in a day-to-day. If you had that in your hand, we'll be asking you, like, what is that? Like, why do you have that? Like, what is what purpose does that serve? That is very valid. Yeah, it's definitely a head-turner. That's a, definitely a head-turner and definitely, like, a very unique phone the way that it is. I remember when we, they used to have, like, pop-up cameras, cameras popping out of the phones. That was a huge thing, and it was very interesting to see how that worked out because it was always a head-turner, too. Whenever you saw your selfie camera pop out of your phone, you're like, oh, wow, it's mechanical. Never saw that coming. But when it comes to now in 2020, when these phones are getting really creative about standing out, the wing just... It really intrigues me. And I'm really sad it's not coming to Canada because I would love to check it out. It's a really interesting phone. I think like in terms of practical use, like the Z Fold 2, I think is more practical. But the LG Wing is like a head turner. And for the right type of person, it is very much practical. Mm -hmm. These are just our opinions. And we want to know your opinion. So let us know on Twitter. Darsh, I think we both need a culprit at this point. We've been talking for over... Almost 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So Yeah, we, got, we, de- we definitely, <laughs> definitely need to take a break. I'm going to go grab a cold brew. I hope you guys go grab a cold brew. Definitely do. And when we come back, we're going to briefly talk about my new position at a company called Dive. I'll explain what that means. We're going to do a Q&A based on what you asked us on Twitter. Yeah. And then we'll round off the show by talking about quirky pieces of tech that we either want or that we use in our daily life. Yep. See you guys then. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. I hope you got some cold brew because I did this time. Usually whenever we tell you guys to go get drinks, we're recording at like 9 p.m. at night. So us actually having like a coffee at 9 p.m. at night. Happens sometimes. I wouldn't sleep until 5 in the morning. Okay, sometimes you'll grab it, sometimes I'll grab it. But for the most part, though, like 
it's usually pretty late. So getting a coffee that late, if we're trying to sleep, I mean that night. Yeah, yeah. If we're recording we gotta... at like like 10 p.m., most of the time though, I'll be like sipping a cold brew as we go. Yeah, you are you are next level with the cold brew. But I did take your advice. I picked up the Starbucks cold brew. Well, in this case, the concentrate. Dude, taste it for us. So essentially, I did one to one ratio. So I did four ounces of the cold brew concentrate, then four ounces of the water, the freezing cold water, and then I put about maybe two ounces of milk in it with one spoon of sugar. Now I'm going to try it for all of you. Uh, it's good. <laughs> that was the most disappointing reaction ever. <laughs> like, okay, so here's the thing. As much as I think the cold brew is good and like it's definitely drinkable, I'd drink it 100%. I feel like there's two, like, the notes of chocolate. You taste chocolate? What are you drinking? I taste chocolate. What are you? I, I taste chocolate. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me grab it for a second. I'm a little like... Weirded out. I've never tasted chocolate any time I've had it ever. Okay, so it says on the back, the super smooth Starbucks cold brew you love is easy to make at home. We've cold steeped our custom blend of coffee, layering out subtle, sweet, chocolatey notes into this rich concentrate. It is very rich. It is very, very rich. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't really love the cold brew that like they sell at Starbucks. And I don't love the cold brew that you bought. I only like the Starbucks cold brew in the bottles. And I think that's definitely fair. And that's something that I think I would want to try out at some point. I also want to try out the Kicking Horse cold brew cans that I saw online. I really want to find them. I'm going to try to ship you some. If they let me ship to Canada, I'm going to try. Because I think it's just something you got to try. Like, I have right now a 10 out of 10 <laughs> success rate with all of my friends that have tried it. So I want to see what you think. But I'm sorry, guys. That was pretty anticlimactic. I thought that Darsh was going to, like, freak out and love it. But... The feeling wasn't there. Like it's just not the same. It's not the same as what you're drinking, so it might be a little bit different of an experience as a whole. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't really know where to go from there. Do you want to talk a little bit about my position at Dive really quick? Yes, please. I want to hear more about this. Okay. So just briefly, everyone, after the whole name scandal, which I'm sure a lot of our longtime listeners know, we had to come up with a new name, Stat, and we got in a call, Darsh, myself, and our amazing editor and friend, Luke. And we were coming up with a bunch of names. Darsh's brother contributed a lot because he's amazing. We went back and forth on a bunch of different stuff. And finally, we landed on the Digital Dive, which, side note, I'm in love with it. I freaking love that name so much. It's a good name. It's a really good name. I'm very happy with it. I'm so happy with it. And not once did we think, oh, that's very similar to our editor's company's name, which is Dive. None of us in the group chat ever drew, like put two and two together because they spell dive very differently than we spell it but spelled d-i-i-v-v-e mm-hmm. none of us noticed which is so weird anyways i'm working at another dive now uh so i'm working at two and three of the companies i'm working at have dive in the name wow but luke graciously like we we're just talking about like life at like 4 a.m as we do and he was talking a lot about his company dive which for anyone that doesn't know is basically an incredible company that is an ethically minded company for creators. A lot of it is the social media part. And then part of it is dive originals, which are basically going to be like original pieces of content from the dive team. And it's amazing. So I'm really excited about it. After seeing the downsides of social media and stuff, I think that they were just like, all right, we want to create something ethical. So obviously I don't have time to like be a full-time role, but Luke graciously offered me a position on the board as like an advisory role on the advisory board. So that is my role there. I'm like a technical advisor, which has been really awesome. I joined their weekly meeting on Friday. It was an hour and a half of just like hanging out and talking and like all the people on the team are amazing. And I'm so excited to be part of it. Yeah, it definitely seems really, really cool. And everything that Luke's told us so far that I've heard about through him or through you, like it just seems like a really cool platform and excited for when it comes out. Yeah, dude. And even if like the idea, like if they don't end up wanting, and no one has said this, it's just my opinion. Like even if like they were like, oh, like we don't actually want to go through with it. There's still so much value in it because the pieces of technology that Luke is coding and the team is coding 
I could see like a company like Instagram or Facebook like wanting. They've put so much work into this and the different elements of the site are going to be incredible. So I'm incredibly honored and humbled to be a really small part of this team. And if you see that there's a second dive, Digital Dive Podcast and Dive are not affiliated whatsoever. It just so happens that both of us have the name Dive in our name. <laughs> well, I think that's actually a really good segue. Well, not really. Well, kind of. Into Q&As. <laughs> it's like an all-time terrible segue into our Q&A. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, There's a lot of questions that people do have, and one of the questions that we have gotten is, what is our affiliation with Digital Dive and Dive? Okay. So I think it's actually Dally. a pretty good... I think it's a pretty good segue. Okay, I'm going to... Not bad. Not, not, bad. Bad. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. All right. Uh, Josh and I are in a weird mood Oh, today. yeah. We're both drained, but I... Honestly, I'm happy I grabbed the cold brew because cold brew is so fast hitting. I feel like I feel it almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're to the point of exhaustion. We're like, we're like the reverse hyper. We're so tired that we're hyper. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we're also exhausted. So if you've noticed that we're a little off this episode, I'm sorry. I don't know why we're both like really tired today. I actually woke up late. I think maybe I overslept. Oh, that's me too. I w- woke up today at one. Yeah, I woke up today at 1130 and I went to bed like kind of early after probably a couple late nights and I think maybe I just overslept and now I'm exhausted, but... Let's dive into questions. Some of them are from the Discord. Some of them are from Twitter. The first question I have for you, Darsh, is what is your favorite holiday tradition? I think one of my favorite holiday traditions, okay, so I can't do it this year, but it's not even a tradition. It's just something I know I do every single year. And it honestly kind of brings me a lot of, it brings me pretty, makes me pretty happy. Something I look forward to. There's a mall nearby where I live. It's a huge mall. And I know every single year through high school, my friends and I, after school, we just go there and we'd go get food. Then we go to the library and we'd study for a couple hours. And I don't know why, even though I'm not in high school anymore, whenever the holidays come around, I look forward just to going to that mall and walking around aimlessly, getting like a coffee, kind of just walking around, looking yeah. at like some cheap things to get, maybe some like quick, quick like stocking stuffers, the kind of things like for family or for friends and stuff like that. And it's always just super nice. And it's a nice, I guess, reminder of, I guess, the holidays and how it's such a different time of year. Because, like, I don't know if this is just me. The mall smells different around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It smells like, uh, I don't know. It's like, like hope. I don't, it's, 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 it's weird, weird. but it's like, you can feel, like, this positivity, this cheer in the air. And it's kind of nice. That's definitely something that I think is one of my holiday traditions, I guess, for myself personally. But what about you, Jacqueline? Yeah, for me, like, my favorite time of the year is from September to end of December. For obvious reasons, like, all the holidays. Like, we have Halloween, then we have Thanksgiving, and then, like, we have December, which is packed, and then all the tech releases and stuff. For me, like, I love watching, this is obviously pre-pandemic, I would love, like, watching holiday movies, like, in a movie theater, and then getting hot chocolate and like just being out and about everyone's in like a really good mood and like there's I feel like there's like so much like love in the air I don't know the holiday season is just amazing when I was like really like a kid you probably did this too Darsh like Disney Channel used to run like so many holiday specials Mm -hmm. yeah I used to love watching those it's kind of sad like as adults now like we don't really have like tv shows that do like themed episodes like every night until the holidays Mm -hmm. but that's probably mine pandemic time now I'm trying to still stay in the festivities by watching like rom-coms that are related around the holiday, like snowy New York City, like uh, that type of thing mm-hmm. on Netflix and then uh, making like hot chocolate and things like that. No, I think that's definitely a good point. I was actually talking to a friend the other day and I was like, I really, really just want to kind of like get hot chocolate and then kind of sit in bed. Like I make my room, room really vibey. because so I have Philips Hue lights all the way around my room and I have a bunch of different like smart enabled things. And I basically set my, my room to be the most vibey chill space. And then the lights are synced with my screen, like whatever the colors are on my screen, whichever movie I'm watching and the audio and how loud it is. And it'll, it'll interact with it like that. So it's a really immersive experience. And I basically just sit back. I want to really just do that and watch a holiday movie. I'm 
genuinely debating just doing it tonight. You should. Yeah. I don't know. Something about the... Like, I would love to act in a rom-com just to experience the rom-com, how amazing it is. Because, obviously, in reality, a lot of that stuff does not happen. But, like, the sets and stuff in the rom-coms, like, around the holidays just look so beautiful. Honestly, I don't... Like, so here's... I like rom-coms. I, I It's kind of, like, a weird thing for, I guess, stereotypically a guy. I don't really like that entire stereotype but anyway i kind of I, I actually really like watching them, especially on the holidays and one of the things that i'm really really happy about that with these rom-coms that like, they're really unrealistic so it kind of gives you this like false it gives you this really cool sense of hope yeah i was gonna say false sense of hope it doesn't give you it gives you a cool sense of hope it's like it's like you know it's not gonna happen but you're like if something like that does happen it's really, really cute yeah and wholesome also like have you noticed that like sometimes the stuff that happens in a rom-com like would be really creepy in real life oh 100 percent but one of the cool things I think that's really funny about it is like if I were ever to act in one, I feel like I'd end up laughing because some of the stuff is really, really cheesy. Agreed. Like it's cute, but it's cheesy. And so I feel like I'd end up just laughing if I ever acted in one. I don't know. Like I'll watch a rom-com and I'll be like, on Netflix right now, there's the new like series called Dashing Lily, which I just like watched the first episode of. And I'm watching it. The premise is like this girl like leaves a notebook in a library and she leaves like a question for someone to answer. The guy answers a question. In reality, if someone, like, left a notebook and was asking you personal information, you'd be like, ugh, like, that is weird AF. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, some things are, like, creepy, but in a movie, like, it works. But I feel like we should move on to our next question, which is, was there ever a video that you wanted to make, but no matter how hard you tried, you just couldn't make it? Dozens. Give me one. LG Velvet. TCL 10 Pro. Why didn't you make it? A couple of things. LG Velvet, I actually had it perfectly planned out, and I actually reached out to John Rettinger about this. He was super, super nice, and he sent me, like, a clip that I could put in my video that was, like, addressed to my audience, and it was really, really cool. And I really wanted to make the video on it, and then school hit, and then month went by, month went by, two months went by, three months go by, and I'm like, okay, I can't really post this video now. It has no purpose, because... The iPhone just dropped. The new Macs just dropped. The Pixel 5's out. Uh, and all these new phones came out. I'm like, I'm going to be buried in all this diff- all these different videos. Even if I wanted to just to create this video for myself, I just, I don't have the time for it. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad. And I really, really wish I did. But yeah, like even with the TCL 10 Pro, I love the phone. I would love to make a video on it. But I couldn't figure out a narrative where it actually kind of stood out as something more than just a mediocre phone that I think is really quirky. Yeah. Final question. Siri or Google Assistant? This is a loaded one. Google Assistant. Yeah, that's my answer too. I can't say Siri because I don't use Siri. I hate Siri. Siri telling me my messages when I have my AirPods in and I'm walking, I hate it. Yeah. I can't interact with it properly. I feel like Google is just, it's so much, Google Assistant's so conversational and it's so powerful because it's backed by Google. Yeah, I feel like Siri on iPhone has made has gotten a lot better, but Google Assistant is still the king or the queen. If you want to let us know on Twitter, which one you prefer, do that. But Tarsh, let's close out this Thanksgiving edition episode on quirky tech things that we're either like kind of eyeing or that we already use and i think that you should start us out because you kind of have an interesting one yeah so actually going off of google assistant so i use google assistant in my day-to-day life so last year i picked up a google home mini i used that for a very long time it was connected to all of my philips hue bulbs and a smart outlet that i have set up and this year i was like no, no i want to be like iron man i was like the lg wing came out now i want to be iron man so i picked up the google nest hub and I basically have it as a console next to my bed. And through there, I can control all the lights in my room, all the lights in my common area of my apartment, with my roommates. It's kind of fun just to mess with them a little bit when it's like a Friday night or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to mess with them a little bit if I'm just in my room. But it's honestly one of the cool things because my entire morning routine, my entire night routine is based around this device now. Interesting. So when I say good night to my Nest Hub. No, you don't. You say good night to your Nest oh, Hub. Oh yeah, every night. It's a thing. I have to. So basically when I'm at home, like in my at my parents' place, 
my blinds aren't blackout shades. And I bought this, I got it for a reason. They weren't blackout shades because I wanted to wake up in the morning. But here, the way I have it set up, which is very fun, is I use my blackout shades. And in the morning, uh, so at night, I tell I tell Google, like, good night. It gives me my weather. It gives me my calendar for the next day so I can be prepared. And then ask me to set an alarm. And only when it recognizes my voice will it set up the alarm to go off. And then whenever the alarm turns off in the morning, it'll play my morning routine. So right after I wake up and I press the, That's so cool. the off button, it turns, sets up my morning routine. Then my morning routine works like this. Gives me my weather for the day, calendar for the day, then starts playing podcasts and news. That's amazing. Wow. And like just like filling me in with, with everything. Plus it also, I picked up this waterfall thing in my room. It's like just like this tiny little, tiny little piece that has water flowing through it just for, I guess, more for just calming myself or like if I want white noise. But when I'm sleeping, I don't like it. So I have it connected to my smart outlet. So my smart outlet turns it on in the morning and turns it off at night. And so it turns that on as well. So it influences me to get out of bed because I need to use the bathroom. And it turns on all my lights to a very, very like bright white. So I have to get up. Dude, honestly, like I would love to see a video on how you set this up, like on your channel. It would actually, I think that, that's something I definitely think I should do. I think it's one of those things that'd be a cool narrative to talk about how like I go through my day. Yeah, dude, I would freaking love to see that. Yeah, actually, that could be a really cool video, especially on the holidays too, when people are starting to think about the new year and how they want to be their best selves. Like this, this is a really cool way to start your day. Oh my gosh, legit, dude, like, I actually want to do that now. Like you've convinced me in like that 30 seconds of like just explaining it. I think that would be a really cool video. I think that's definitely something that I should look into, into making before I go back home for the holidays. I think I'm going to start putting the video together and release it in the new year. If you do, 100%, we have to shout it out on the podcast because I think like, oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. That would be super, super sick. Yeah. For me, around like just like quirky tech, I don't really use anything that's like quirky on like a daily basis, but someone just sent me on Twitter because everyone knows I love coffee, mm-hmm. specifically cold brew. But I'm also trying to branch out a little bit and try some espresso as well. Espresso, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope I pronounced that yeah. right. Okay, good. I feel like so many people pronounce it wrong and it's like infuriating. So hopefully I just got that right. Someone sent me a $2,000 machine. It's <laughs> called the Oracle Touch. Wait, wait, wait. To, clar- to clarify, to clarify, they sent you a link to this $2,000 machine. They didn't send you the $2,000 oh, machine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one sent me this machine. Although at this point, I kind of want to just like DM the company. Because, oh my gosh, this machine. They sent me this link. Listen to all the features it has. Okay. It makes cappuccinos. It makes flat white. It makes uh, lattes. It can make any drink you want. Preset. You hit one button. It does it all for you. Not only that, it does latte art. And you can preset it with your name. And it will. you can set up your coffee strength, your milk texture, and your temperature. Okay? With your name. So you can have this like in an office and like everyone can have their own type of coffee and you don't need to reset it up every time. That is absolutely incredible. I, you, I remember you, you sent it to me before we started this episode and I was immediately like, okay, we have to talk about this on the episode because it, is, it isn't the general tech that we talk about, but it is still tech. It's coffee tech. It's food tech. And it's one of those appliances that even though it seems so outlandish, I feel like it's something that would captivate such a huge audience of people. I know. Like the whole coffee world, espresso world, is insane people are just spending so much money because i asked for some recommendations and the cheapest recommendation that someone sent me was 500 dollars. literally like the one i have retails 200 dollars canadian and it's the absolute bare minimum and it's not even that good it doesn't even look that nice it's like looks like a pretty beat down like not the best machine but it works for me for what i need to get done plus i'm in a university apartment like it's gonna get trashed so by the end of the end of my time here i can go buy a nice one afterwards but it's such a interesting topic because i was even looking at machines myself and they're all so expensive. $700 for the machine I want. $700 for what I would consider basic features. That's crazy. Yeah. Cold brew isn't like that at all. You could buy like a cold brew kit for like 20 bucks. Or you could buy like pre-made cold brew. Oh, I have a cold brew kit. I have a cold brew kit. It's fantastic. I love it. But 
this. I don't know. I kind of want it. And it looks really clean. I'm not going to buy it, obviously, because it's really expensive. But, like, right now, this would be, like, the type of machine that I would get after, like, wetting my toes in the espresso world. Oh, 100%. Like, it's one of those things that, like, because I've gotten so into espresso especially, like, it's one of those things that I definitely pick up. And it's kind of, like, also that hyper chiller I was talking about earlier before we started recording. It was very, very interesting because if you were to make a latte and then you put it into this hyper chiller, so essentially, like, this little cold cup that sits in your freezer at all times. You just put a drink in there, stir it around for 60 seconds and it gets cold and you put ice in it. There's an ice drink. Imagine that with lattes. So you have an iced latte then you have an iced cappuccino. So you have like all these different things and it's just like, wow. Yeah, I... I love coffee so much that if anyone ever is trying to get me a gift, like, mm-hmm. oh, no way, Breville makes this. Okay, I think. I didn't realize. Okay, they. I guess they kind of have, like, a monopoly in this market. But, yeah, if anyone was trying to ever get me, like, a gift, like, anything coffee-related, I'd be stoked about oh, it. Oh, 100%. Oh, my gosh, Darsh, it's 2500 US. That's what I mean! Okay, it, okay so here's a quick tip for anyone listening. Um, if you know uh, S- Starbucks near you is either closing down or upgrading or renovating or anything like that, go in and ask them if they're selling their coffee machine. Oh my gosh, that's really Because smart. they do. And their coffee machines are really, really good and they're very big and they're very heavy duty, but they do everything for you and they're really, really good machines. And usually they'll cost you a couple grand, but usually when they're selling them, they'll sell them for like sub $1,000 and they're very, very intense machines. I actually like am excited to get into this world. It's almost like its own hobby. Oh, 100%. I think coffee enthusiasts is a whole... Anytime I meet anyone, I introduce myself as a coffee enthusiast. Not an addict, not a coffee dependent, not a coffee lover, coffee enthusiast. Because I love coffee to a point where it's not even like I just like to drink it every single day. It's I like the science behind it. It's like part of your personality. <laughs> literally, literally part of my personality is coffee, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I love coffee too. Cold brew has my heart, as everyone knows. But you never know, you, you got to try new things all the time. So I'll keep you guys posted on my espresso journey on my personal Twitter at MBT Jacqueline. And of course, on the podcast as well. We've talked for... Over 50 minutes. Luke definitely is going to have to cut this down. But uh, sorry, Luke. Thank you guys so much for just like sticking with us. It's Thanksgiving today in the United States. And I'm thankful for all of you. You guys make our dreams come true. And uh, we really appreciate all the support. Sorry that we were both kind of exhausted today. Um, Hopefully we're able to make it a good episode still. But yeah, I don't don't know what was going on with us today. No, it's all good. And honestly, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. As always, I want to give a huge shout out to Adil Constantine for our intro and outro music. And of course, Luke, our amazing editor and friend. Also, one of the people running Dive, as we mentioned earlier. So definitely go check them out as well on Twitter. And make sure to check all of us out on Twitter. All of our stuff is down below. And I think that's probably the best way to end this podcast. I think so. And I just realized I didn't get a coffee today, which is probably why I'm tired. This would make a lot more sense. <laughs> I know, because I thought I did it, but I just realized I made it this morning and then I did not drink it. I took a sip. So, wow. I'm going to have to go do that, like, right now, uh, even though it's already 6 o'clock. So, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Talk next week. Bye.